Welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach, and I'm here with my good friends and co-hosts, Clint and Angie. And today, we are asking ourselves the question, is religion in general meant to be private or public? And I'll turn that over to you guys. Go ahead, Angela, if you, if you want to start. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll start. Um, so I think it's a both-and situation, um, but as public as your way of life is, um, my way of life is I am a Christian who fails all the time, but my religion is a— I'm one of those one of Christians. Those Christians. Man, I'm a sinner. Yeah. Um, but it's a way of life for me. It, it encompasses everything that I do. Um, so whether I'm having dinner with friends, like I would hope that my posturing as a Christian is evident by how I treat the people around me, um, by the conversations that I have, by how I show love to others. I mean, Christianity to me is uh, a grace filled life that flows over to the other people around you. Yeah. Yeah. This, that, comment you just made makes me think of um in times past you've said that you don't like living a double life or something along those lines like you want to you want to live a mm-hmm. consistent life and part of that for you is having a very public christian um faith yes and one that does not look um sterile you said sterile or feral? <laughs> I thought she said feral well, too, and I was like, "Well." What's hilarious is that I always tell my husband, you know, that I'm that he married someone feral. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll never pick my socks up off the ground. Uh, but no, sterile. Like I, I don't want Christianity. I don't want to be the the person, whether I'm a pastor or not, that comes off as I have this thing figured out. So you should be emulating me. Mm. I want my life to look like someone who wants to emulate Jesus, who is inconsistent with that. Uh, and thank God for God's grace that I'm, that I'm able to be inconsistent. Um, I, I, and I, I'm not talking about cheap grace where it's just, you know, yeah, has pretending no like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about that, but, um, to say that I'm, I'm never going to do this perfectly. So thank God for Jesus. And I hope that that comes off to other people. Do you, do you, as, as a pastor, do you get that a lot from people who may not be that close to you? Um, when, when you're, I don't know, like outspoken about political things or when, when you're, you know, dancing at Mardi Gras parades, like, do you get that? response from people like, Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were a pastor or I thought you were like Uh, some kind of super serious Christian. Not to my face. (laughs) They know better. I'm sure, I'm sure there are plenty of people that I am not their kind of pastor. Right. So the, the people that, um, you know, are, are a part of my church are people who have fully accepted that they are also fallen creatures and, love Jesus and want to try to do this thing together and want to be around other people trying to do this way of life imperfectly as we, as we can, like we're not going to meet every benchmark and thank God Jesus doesn't say, here's, here's a checklist. Right. Um, you know, so, so an important thing for us is 
every single week we gather around the communion table and accept together our own failings, accept the grace that's been given to us through Jesus. And that when we don't all agree, because there have been plenty of times that we have not agreed, um, whether it's political, whether it's social, racial, all kinds of things that we have not agreed, we can at least agree that we can come to the common cup. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think for me, that's what, uh, like when I think of the question, is religion in general meant to be private or public? Um, I think whether pi- public or private, our Christianity is meant to be genuine, which is kind of what I hear you saying. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and I think yeah. where, where our Christianity um, is public and not genuine, uh, that's problematic. And so we, yeah. we have to make sure that our public, our public faith is in line with our private faith. Otherwise we're hypocrites. Right. And so I think that's kind of where in my past, what, what has often been uh, the, the problem with my public displays of faith, my public religion is that it was out of line with my private religion. And I don't mean that I was off doing debaucherous or explicitly sinful things in my private life and then getting up on a soapbox, uh, uh, publicly, but it was much more, it wasn't so much, my public displays weren't so much, um, geared towards, um, inviting other people, uh, into the same experience I had. It was more about me showing how smart I was, uh, showing how, um, devoted, I, how devout I was, uh, and, and, and so on and so forth. And it was, it was sort of like, uh, opening myself up to debate, like, like come and, and, and debate me on these things. If you think I'm wrong, rather than come and experience them with me. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, my, my application of a public faith has changed over time. I think I've always agreed that Christianity is a public, uh, faith, but, um, I don't know, a few years ago, maybe longer, maybe not. Um, I was very, (laughs) I was like, I had to be vocal. Like it had to be verbal. It had to be immediate. I had to correct people when they were wrong. I had to give an uninvited gospel uh, invitation. And I had to be as vocal as I could. Now, um, I have, I have seen more fruit and people actually come to me with questions when I let my life lead, uh, by when I'm more consistent with my faith in practice than I am in with my, uh, just yelling or I never yelled, but I was very vocal about my faith. Preachy. Preachy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Assertive. Mm -hmm. Um, I've found more people are willing to ask questions. More people are willing to come to me. Um, if I can let my life, um, be consistent with the faith that I was preaching before. Yeah. Um, there's actually, and I found that like, if you're honest about, who you are and where you are, people will trust you more with who they are and where they are. Yeah. There's a verse that um, 
comes to mind that I used to use and I used to butcher. <laughs> it's First uh, Peter 3.15, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And I used to use that, and I used to focus on the ready at any time to give a defense. And that was where I was. I wanted to be so adamant, so quick to give a verbal, uninvited response. Um, but if you read that verse as a whole, and especially the chapter, really the letter, the context of that letter, the, the very next line in that verse is, to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And the whole context of that letter is writing to people to suffer well, writing to people so that when they're uh, falsely accused of things, when they're unjustly treated, that they, uh, that they would so embody a life filled with love and grace for the person that is treating them unjustly, um, that they would the the people themselves or the people around them would be so curious as to why are you being this way? Why are you not retaliating? Yeah. Why are you not bitter? Why are you not resentful? And that's really the the context of where what Peter's saying. Honor Christ the Lord as holy in your heart, uh, in those moments when you're treated unjustly, so that people come to you and that when they come to you, you can be ready to give a, a defense, like why I am this way. Yeah, and then the next part of the next verse says, with gentleness and respect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can think of countless. Well, and I paid attention to um, where it says that, uh, so that you can defend the hope that is in you, and it sounds mm -hmm. like you weren't sounding very hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah I, um, I think, like, what is it? I guess what, and I'm talking to Zach here, but, like, what, what sort of flipped that? on its head for you? Um, coming to terms with, I, it, it has to do with something you said. You said that my, like publicly or whatever I was yeah. exuding didn't match, didn't match up, up inwardly. Mm -hmm. Um, there were, there were things like I would be preaching these things all the while holding bitterness, mm -hmm. resentment, slandering people in text messages. Um, it was just very hypocritical. Absolutely. It was very... I don't mean absolutely about you. I mean, like... I'm, <laughs> yeah, you I'm were, saying, dude. <laughs> I'm saying absolutely regarding myself. No, it was just very inconsistent. <laughs> I wanted to be more consistent, and part of that looked like... I think Paul talks about it elsewhere, is living a quiet life. Mm -hmm. um, if at all possible, uh, be at peace with all people. I'm butchering those verses probably, but... No, I know um, what you're talking about. Yeah, and so like when I look at the life of Jesus, so in this same letter, the chapter before, um, chapter 2, verse 22 and ongoing, Peter says, he did not, talking about Jesus, he did not commit sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So there was this, I don't, I don't know what it was, but there was this palpable sense that of self-awareness 
Uh, and probably someone pointed it out to me because <laughs> I, I don't think li- I more than likely. Yeah, I don't think I just all of a co- yeah. all of a sudden became self aware, but that I was I was not living a Christ filled life. I was living, I was pointing wagging the finger at everybody else, and I, I wasn't looking inwardly. Yeah. I wasn't living a transformed life. Um, and so when I started focusing on myself more instead of other people, I found, oh my gosh, there is so much going on that I have just let run wild in my heart, like darkness, spiritual Mm -hmm. sickness. Mm -hmm. And it was in dealing with that, that my mouth was closed Mm. because I could see just how inconsistent and hypercritical I was being of other people without, with just zero, uh, looking inwardly without zero accountability for myself. Yeah. That was, that was the same thing for me too. Um, you know, I was, I was quick to, you know, post a really, um, preachy or lofty Facebook status or to, um, have a conversation with somebody from an apologetic standpoint and be really like I had it all together. Uh, at the same time, you know, my, my marriage was not good. Um, it was really hard cause we were either, um, had, we had a, we had a toddler and a baby at the time and I wasn't helping my wife. I wasn't leading my wife. Well, kind of what you spoke to, uh, in a couple episodes ago. Um, and so it got, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what triggered it. I think a lot of it was maybe having discussions around starting the podcast. Yeah. Friendship. Yeah. Really. Being able to, like you like to say, lead with a weakness. Um, so it wasn't until I became honest and vulnerable with my own shortcomings that I really said, I don't have a platform like it's, and it's really, it's really hypocritical of me to pretend that I do. And so I'm much more interested and I'll have, I'll be able to, um, reach more people by being honest and being vulnerable. And I think back back towards a um, a discipleship uh, opportunity you and I had with a, with a guy who was in our church, and man, just kept we just kept getting burned. And I, I, I don't want to say his name, but I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. But like, and eventually, like we just he just he left or whatever. And I think about how many times we just approached that relationship from like an authority standpoint, and we tried to like be authority in his life instead of saying, and I'm sure there was some of this, but we weren't leading with it. Yeah. Like, man, I get it. Like mm-hmm. you've been through a lot and I don't have the answers, but I just want to walk with you through this and be more like pastoral, even though we weren't pastors, but instead of, um, you know, being more, well, you know, man, Christians don't act this way or, mm-hmm. or whatever, like we did. And so, um, I've, and so that's, I don't, when I think about this question, I really don't have any desire to have a public religion if the only way to have it is the way I previously did. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather just be a quiet, like you said, a quiet Christian. Um, and, and, you know, so now if you, if you scroll my Facebook feed, it's pictures of my kids, you know, maybe a Bible verse that I'm reading, but it's, I'm, I'm reading it with, and I'll put some comment on there about how it convicted me. I'm not worried about how it convicts anybody else. Yeah. You know? And so, um, I, I've sort of flip flopped them. I became a, I was a public Christian with whose private 
faith was in shambles. And now I'm a, a Christian whose private faith is strong with very little desire to have sort of any public platform. But I bet you if you were to ask people, because what I have seen is when when I am more introspective, when I am looking more inwardly and focusing on myself and and wanting to live a life that exudes Christ, it is very public. I'm not yeah. intentionally having right. it be public, yeah. but it's a byproduct. Yeah, I I bet you if you asked anybody at work, at my work, there would be no question as to my allegiances where with where yeah. my faith is. Yeah, I mean that is because I am vocal when I'm asked, but yeah. it's it's I'm it's far more invitational now. I don't offer it freely, but if there are and people come to me with stuff now, like before I went to them, yeah, now people come to me, and that's yeah. that's a big difference yeah. I see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're going a little long on time, so I don't know that we'll get to wrap up the other stuff we wanted to talk about. But, um, I mean, does, did y'all have anything else that you wanted to add? Yeah, let me just say that you, you talked about um, that you didn't need a platform. Mm. And when my son went to middle school, I wrote, like, uh, things I want you to know as you enter into middle school thing. Because um, those, those are the things you do for your first kid. Um, I was gonna and say, I, and, I was gonna say, this is already like, no, I would never do that now, but yeah, yeah. Um, well, and I only had two, you get you guys, uh, have more than that. So, um, one of the things I told him is make sure that Jesus is your savior, not your platform. Mm. That when we try to make like that's really good, if, when we when we try to have an audience for our religion we're just making jesus this platform that lifts us up whereas when we remember that jesus is our savior and we try to live a christian life and holy practices and people are drawn in mm. and he's the one lifted we're, up. we're on their level yes exactly yeah no that's really good that's probably gonna be the name of the podcast <laughs> well cool <laughs> Anybody, is that it? Everybody well, good? I, I think it would be remiss. That's all I got. It would be remiss if we didn't close this by by sharing the, the what Angela said about like kind of summarize this. And she's the quote she sent in our text, and I posted it on Facebook is that uh, a way of life is far more invitational than a way of mouth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really powerful. And that's what we want to do, right? We want our way of life to speak louder than any words that we might use. Amen. And until Amen. next time. May the Lord make us a channel for his peace.